0: This special episode of The Hammer is brought to you by Huntsman Building Solutions. Huntsman Building Solutions is a global leader in the manufacture and supply of open-cell and closed-cell spray, polyurethane, foam, insulation, and coatings. Formed in May 2020, Huntsman Building Solutions is a business unit of Huntsman Corporation and has a combined heritage of more than 110 years. Through the application of innovative technology and advanced science, Huntsman Building Solutions focuses on meeting market demands for more energy-efficient products, and serves a range of industries, including residential, commercial, industrial, institutional, and agricultural. For more information, visit HuntsmanBuildingSolutions.com.
1: Welcome to The Hammer, where we hit the nail on the head with insights from the world of Canadian renovation and custom home contracting. Now here's your host, the editor of Canadian Contractor Magazine, Patrick Flannery.
0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to this special episode of The Hammer. I'm Pat Flannery. Today, I'm joined by Michael Malouf. He is a senior representative for Sustainable Building Science at Huntsman Building Solutions. Uh, Michael and I had a great discussion, mostly centered around environmental product declarations, EPDs, uh, what they are, uh, how they're used, uh, and how they uh, are helping to uh, help builders like you uh, achieve more sustainable and um, climate-friendly, energy-efficient building designs. Uh, and uh, Michael just has a has a wealth of information that he shared with us. Uh, first of all, uh, about greenhouse gases and uh, and about the potential for uh, for global warming, and about how home construction and energy use in houses and uh, and and the way that we build buildings contributes to those things. Um, he we get into uh, uh, spray foam, obviously, that's Huntsman's uh, uh, big product, uh, HFO, uh, Heat Lock HFO, uh, and and why it's different than prior formulations of spray foam as far as its uh, environmental friendliness. Um, and we talk uh, quite a bit about, uh, about using spray foam to make your home more energy efficient and uh, really lots of useful information in there and uh, lots of things I think we're all going to need to know as... Uh, Energy efficiency requirements get stronger and stronger across the country, and uh, governments are asking for us to build uh, tighter and tighter and more and more efficient houses uh, and buildings of all kinds everywhere across the country. So please enjoy my conversation today with Michael Malouf from Huntsman Building Solutions. Okay, hi, everybody. I'm here with Michael Malouf from uh, Huntsman Building Solutions. How are you doing today, Michael? Hey Patrick, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 great to get together with you. We're gonna have a a really interesting conversation, I think, about uh, EPDs and uh, and all things uh, sustainable and uh, greenhouse gas limiting uh, as regards uh, uh, the various uh, solutions and and spray foam things that uh, Huntsman does. Um, Michael is the uh, building science technical representative and the uh, senior representative for sustainable building science at uh, Huntsman, uh, and he's based in uh, Quebec. Michael, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, and what you're doing with Huntsman these days?
1: Yeah, um, so uh, I have a background in architecture and building inspection. I worked as an architecture technician and a building inspector uh, uh in the past and now I am a senior representative, as you said, in the building and the sustainable building science department at Huntsman Building Solutions. Uh, I'm also a, a lead green associate. LEED stands for leadership in energy and environmental design. It's basically a certification that's given to greener buildings that meet a, a certain energy and environmental standards, basically. So um yeah, bless me.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. So you're 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 way up there on all the uh all the energy efficient and, and and green and sustainable building practices that are you know really really dominating the industry so much today uh and are and are so important for us all i think uh, i think going forward um t- tell us a little i guess give us a little bit of a background on that michael um, why is um why is our greenhouse gases and global warming potential uh uh, uh such a big concern uh, uh obviously it's related to preventing climate change and and how to How do buildings, how do our homes and our buildings and our building practices uh, 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 fit into that picture?
1: Okay, so uh, first, greenhouse gases, or as I'm going to call them, GHGs uh, in this podcast, uh, they are gases that are emitted through uh, different processes, including industrial processes. And when they're emitted in the atmosphere, they absorb energy and they trap heat in the atmosphere, which effectively warms it. Um, And that heat... Trapping potential and the atmospheric lifetime of the GHGs uh, is specific to each GHG. And when I say atmospheric lifetime, this is the, the amount of time uh, the GHGs stay in the atmosphere before disintegrating. So this is specific to each GHG. Now, the global warming potential, or as, as I call it, and uh, as we call it, uh, the GWP, the global warming potential. This is a metric that compares the global warming impact of those different GHGs. Uh, Basically, what it does is that it measures how much energy the emission of one ton of a GHG gas will absorb over the given period um, of time that is given, which is usually 100 years. So how much energy one ton of GHG will absorb relative to one ton of CO2. So the, the global warming potential of the gases is always relative to Uh, carbon dioxide which is uh, the baseline basically so the higher the GWP the more gas warms uh, the planet the more a gas warms the planet compared to carbon dioxide so what we try to do is limit that GWP to have a you know to use gases and products which uh, have a GWP that is as low as possible so that warm the planet as little as possible and um, right now we have a worldwide issue that we are all more than uh, aware of, which is the global warming, right? So we have two main types of carbon emissions, or GHG emissions in buildings, that contribute to the global warming of the planet. First, it's the embodied carbon in the construction materials themselves. This is the, uh, the carbon that is emitted from the production and the use of the building products. It is the carbon that is related to the products themselves. And then we have the operational carbon of the buildings. This is the the carbon emissions that are are resulting from uh, the heating, the ventilation, uh, the cooling, and the refrigeration processes and systems of the buildings themselves. We know, for example, um, if we look at heating, you know, it it requires the burning of fossil fuels uh, to make electricity, to make heat. And, uh, you know, these processes that keep us comfortable in our buildings, well, they produce uh, uh, carbon emissions, and these are called operational carbon uh, emissions of buildings Um, and you know the problem is that the construction and the building operation sector is responsible for 38 percent of the global annual ghg emissions so our industry the industry in which we are part the construction building operation is the main contributing factor to the global warming of the planet second in line comes the transportation uh, uh, sector which accounts for 28 percent of the global annual uh, ghg emissions um, and another problem is that we're not out of the woods yet. It is, it, it is expected that the world's building stock uh, will double by 2060, which means that uh, the energy consumption and the carbon emissions that are related to that energy consumption will, uh, you know, uh, increase uh, exponentially. So as a response to that problem, um, there is the Paris Agreement, which is an international agreement. Uh, which put goals uh, that seek to limit the global temperature increase to two degrees and preferably one and a half degrees uh, above the pre-industrial levels. And to uphold its part uh, in reaching the Paris Agreement uh, goals, Canada has passed a law uh, on January 1st, 2021, which again, uh, all of us uh, should be aware of. This environmental law bans uh, the production and use of HFC blowing agents, Uh, when it pertains to, uh, as it pertains to the spray foam insulation industry. So all spray foam insulation uh, that uses HFC blowing agents, which is a gas that basically makes the foam expand, uh, all spray foams that use this HFC blowing agents cannot be used now. Uh, We had a mandatory transition to HFO blowing agents, which have a very, very little global warming potential to the previous blowing agents which which was the HFC the hFO blowing agents have a uh, global warning potential of one uh, compared to uh, a global warming potential of more than a thousand for the previous generation of blowing agents the hFCs so this is about a ninety nine point nine percent reduction in global warming potential uh, um, in, in the new generation uh, hFO blowing agents so wow. The Paris Agreement uh, set a goal for 2030, which is to reduce by 50% uh, reduction of our carbon emissions worldwide. And by 2050, they seek to reach a zero carbon uh, world, basically. So any industry, any sector, altogether, zero carbon emissions. Uh, We agree that this is a pretty uh, steep slope to climb. So addressing upfront carbon by changing the way buildings are designed, built, uh, used and decommissioned uh, will be a priority over the coming decades. And Huntsman Building Solutions, uh, as a manufacturer of building products, where natu- well, naturally we are at the forefront of this issue, uh, and hence this is why we took the lead uh, with an early transition to HFO blowing agents years before the transition became mandatory. So we had our HeatLock Soya HFO product uh, that uh, you know that's been um, available on the market for about five years now. Uh, uh, so uh, earlier than the mandatory law uh, that was passed in 2021. And also uh, Huntsman, uh, you know, our product Heatlock Soya HFO is the first spray foam product uh, on the market to have its own environmental product declaration, which declares its uh, environmental impact across the whole life cycle uh, of the product.
0: Okay, well let's let let's let's dig a little more into all of that. Uh, uh, the building sector being a bigger contributor to uh, global warming than the transportation sector—that's that's that's one I did not expect. But uh, you know what? It's uh, it, when you when you think about it, and I I think we'll see why. Uh, uh, maybe maybe that's possible, especially when we talk about the difference between uh, operational and uh, embodied uh, embodied carbon in the buildings. But um, for, I guess, for, I guess, first of all, what what can what can the construction industry uh, uh, do, uh, uh, Michael, to uh, to 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 address this? What 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 are some of the approaches that are being taken out there to try to uh, to try to make um, homes and buildings less uh, less impactful on the environment? Yeah, well,
1: the most uh, the the. The the most significant change uh, that happened in the industry recently, I would say, is the ban uh, on HFCs and, you know, depending on where you live, it's either a ban or a uh, phase out. In Canada right now, uh, for the spray foam industry, it's a ban on HFCs and a mandatory transition to HFOs, which have, again, a very, very little global warming potential. Uh, Then you have, uh, you know, countries that participate in the Paris Agreement which tends to limit the increase in global uh, temperature through carbon reductions, um, through making our buildings more uh, energy efficient uh, to reduce uh, the operational carbon emissions. So, yeah, this is how the uh, industry is, is kind of shifting right now, changing the composition of uh, the products themselves and then making our buildings uh, tighter, uh, more energy efficient.
0: Okay. So drill drill down for me a bit on on, on just how uh, uh, Huntsman's uh, 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 solutions uh, uh, actually contribute to that effort. What uh, what what what's the impact? What 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 do contractors expect to see in terms of the energy efficiency of their uh, uh, of, of their projects uh, when 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 they when they use when they use your products? Yeah, so uh, Huntsman
1: Building Solutions' uh, spray foam contribution uh, is. It goes two ways, basically. First is uh, by producing, uh, by manufacturing products which, which have a reduced embodied carbon uh, as demonstrated in the HBS-specific environmental product declaration. Um, and then, uh, you know, through the transition uh, to HFO-blowing agents years ago before uh, the mandatory uh, law uh, came to be passed. And then, um, you know, it's through the manufacture of products uh, spray foam products uh, which uh, help in reducing the operational carbon emissions of buildings, uh, again, uh, through uh, an increased energy performance and making the uh, envelope uh, more uh, energy efficient. So to go back to the first point of uh, you know, reduced embodied uh, carbon in the products themselves, how do we demonstrate that reduction and environmental impact of the product itself? Well, it's through, uh, you know, by looking at uh, the environmental product declaration of products.
0: Okay. Yeah, and, and you know, EPDs are, uh, are, are a relatively new concept uh, in, the, uh, in the construction industry. I, I remember I heard about them a, a few years ago. I, I invited a speaker to one of my uh, events to, uh, to talk about it. Uh, she got up there and, and says, "Okay, raise your hand." It was a room full of architects. She says, "Raise your hand if you've been asked for uh, uh, environmental product declaration on any of your projects," and not a hand in the room went <laughs> Now this this, was, yeah. this this was this was this was five or exactly. six years ago, right? But it, it, that was yeah. that was then. Now now I think it's I think it's getting more and more important for uh, for everybody in the industry, uh, uh, maybe even uh, uh, individual uh, uh, custom home builders. To know, uh, to know that acronym and to know exactly what it is. So, so explain for us, Michael, just, just what is an EPD and, uh, and, and, and why is it something that uh, builders might wanna look for when they, uh, when, when they uh, look for environmentally sustainable products?
1: Sure, uh, EPD stands, as I said, for Environmental Product Declaration. So uh, as you mentioned very well, there's an increasing demand among, among architects, among designers, uh, among homeowners and even builders right now for product specifications, uh, which have a transparent LCA-based environmental impact report. Um, so the EPD is an ind- an independently made third-party verified document that communicates transparent, objective, and comparable information about the life cycle environmental impacts. Of, of all kinds of products, basically. Uh, the EPD is based on a product life cycle assessment, which uh, we call an LCA, uh, which is a standardized analysis of its environmental emissions and the product's resource use across its whole life cycle from the extraction of the raw materials through to the manufacturing of the product, through the use phase of the product, and all the way to its disposal. Each stage of the life cycle of a product. Uh, produces uh, uh, um, uh, carbon emissions and has an environmental impact which is measured and disclosed uh, transparently and objectively uh, through an environmental product declaration. Um, EPDs are are an important consideration when we evaluate uh, the best sustainable options uh, when it comes to insulation products. And this is because the EPD and the LCA are both done in accordance with strict ISO standards, which ensure that the studies and reports used to assess the product's environmental impact are complete, impartial, and independently verified. Um, ISO standards, ISO stands for uh, the International um, uh, Standardization Organization. It's an organization that uh, that publishes all kinds of standards relating to building products, to to uh, to, um, to systems, to processes. And uh, they really make sure uh, that um, the EPD and the LCA are not uh, exempt from that. So they really, really follow those strict ISO, international ISO standards uh, uh, to make sure that, um, you know, when you compare different products, basically, you want them to use to follow the same standards. And this is the advantage of the EPDs, is that they all follow the same standards. They all follow the same parameters for, uh, you know, life cycle assessment. They all follow the same rules, they all use the same metrics, the same methodology. So this, so you know that if you compare, for example, a spray foam product to, a, um, to another spray foam product or a spray foam product to a mineral wool product that have an EPD that was made using the same ISO standards, you know that the life cycle results are comparable. And you can look at both reports, compare them, and decide for yourself which one is um, the most, the the least environmentally uh, impactful, basically. And this is the area in which the EPDs, they make the whole difference. They are completely done and verified externally and independently from manufacturers. And this is important as well. For example, at Huntsman, we just sent the raw data about our product, its chemical properties, its manufacturing process, uh, we sent it to a third party um, uh, uh, energy and environmental consult- consultant called Spera. And uh, then we just received an EPD that tells us basically about our product's environmental performance. We have zero, uh, we have no say in it whatsoever. And um, not only that, but uh, uh, EPDs have to be reviewed and signed by a third party. And in our case, Heatlock soya HFO's EPD. Uh, is critically reviewed and signed by uh, UL. So it's really this impartiality, transparency, and, and the standardization of the process that is brought about by EPDs. This is the key to making uh, uh, an informed, sustainable choice when specifying uh, uh, products. And, um, In addition, specifying products that have a third-party verified EPD, well, that contributes towards uh, LEED credits and other green building rating systems. Those green building rating systems, they reward projects that use products for which lifecycle information is publicly available and for which uh, the environmental impact is demonstrated to be reduced, and the only recognized and accepted way of, demonstrated, uh, of demonstrating this reduced environmental impact and uh, the different rating, uh, building rating systems. Well, the only way is through an EPD, is the only acceptable way. Uh, because again, it's, uh, it's done in such a way that ensures transparency and comparability of information.
0: Yeah, for sure. It, re- it really it really solves two product uh, problems that I think a lot of people pointed to in uh, maybe in the earlier days of uh, of, of green building products. Uh, you know, w- one is that you know you're you're looking at the whole life cycle and the, and the and and really all the inputs into the product instead of just maybe one aspect like uh, you know whether whether it came from a sustainable source or whether it's you know helping to 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 um, uh, prevent energy loss. Um, it, it's looking at the it's kind of looking at the whole picture and, and, and evaluating, um, you know, the, the whole impact of the product that that, that was a, those were early difficulties with a lot of the things people said about their sustainable products and, and EPDs kind of kind of help with that. And uh, and then, as you pointed out, the, the verification element of it is is obviously critical because, uh, you know, anybody can make a claim. Uh, in their in their product documentation, how do you know it's uh, how do you know it's true? Uh, well, this you know, there's a nice ISO uh, uh, third party services out there that 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 certify these things, and uh, and you know, they've got a dog in the fight as far as making sure that the, the information is accurate. So it's uh, yeah, EPDs are uh, are are I think going to be the way forward as far as. As far as evaluating these things, T- tell me a bit, Michael, about the differences between your Heatlock HFO and uh, and and sort of the other insulation types that are out there. Um, what what um, uh, how, how how have you achieved a, a sort of a higher environmental standard with them?
1: Yeah. So, uh, well, first, Heatlock Heatlock HFO is, is the first spray foam product on the market which has its own product-specific uh, EPD, which is third-party made and externally verified uh, in accordance to the ISO standards. Um, there's no other spray foam insulation product on the market that has its own EPD. What they do have, though, is an industry-wide EPD, uh, which they are part of, and so are we. However, the industry-wide uh, uh, you know EPD results, they don't tell you how a specific product performs, it just gives you an industry average, and some products bring that average up and some bring it down to compare products as mentioned earlier we have to compare their environmental impact as disclosed in their individual uh, epd uh, among the environmental impacts that are assessed in the epd the most critical and talked about right now is the global warming potential so let's compare that this is what we did at huntsman we compared our epd to the epd of different uh, insulation products in the uh, in the industry so if we compare the global warming potential or the GWP uh, of uh, the different uh, insulation products, we see that heat soya HFO uh, is 39% lower than the spray foam industry average. So heat soya HFO brings the average, the industry average uh, down. Um, depending now on uh, depending on which HFO extruded polystyrene board stock insulation we compare to, we are either 74% or 96 percent lower than the extruded polystyrene uh, board stock insulation. We are also 77 percent lower than heavy density mineral wool. This is the mineral wool that goes on the outside of building uh, uh, of building envelopes. So 77 percent lower than heavy density mineral wool. This uh, goes against a common industry belief that uh, mineral wool is one of the Uh, you know uh, greener or more sustainable uh, insulation solutions out there actually uh, in reality uh, the extraction of the raw materials and the manufacturing of the mineral wool to to extract the stone crush it and turn the stone into wool this requires uh, a lot of energy you know big furnaces that produce a lot of heat um, that produce that that require a lot of energy and subsequently and naturally they they produce a lot of carbon emissions, so uh you know this environmental impact is really um, is it, really showcased in the mineral wools uh, uh, environmental product declaration now, if you compare to light density mineral wool uh, we are fifty two percent lower gWp than the light density mineral wool. This is the mineral wool that is used on the interior of buildings, for example in stud cavities. And finally, we're 55% lower than unbounded loose fill and blown in mineral wool, again, uh, interior mineral wool insulation. And what's important to note here is that these comparisons, they only take into consideration the embodied carbon in the materials. Before we even consider the additional energy savings uh, in the building and the resulting operational carbon emission reductions that are made possible by spray foam, you know, and the energy, uh, which is seamless, which is continuous and seals perfectly. So this is really only the embodied carbon and the materials themselves. And um, a main reason uh, for why Heat Lock Soya HFO has a diminished environmental impact compared to other insulation types is uh, Huntsman Building Solutions uh, proprietary polyol, which uses recycled content and uh, the new generation sells this HFO blowing agent, with, uh, blowing agent which uh, as I said, has a GWP of one, which is the lowest on the market right now.
0: Okay, so Michael, we've talked a bit about, uh, about how the, uh, the various uh, uh, insulation products uh, uh, sort of compare product to product. Um, what about when you put them in a whole wall assembly? Um, well, what did you guys find when you looked at, uh, at, at the impact of your, of your products uh, in in a, in a in a fully assembled uh, situation.
1: Yeah, so uh, we, we took we took the EPZ um, environmental impact values of the different um, insulation types, and we compared wall assemblies. So what we did is that we compared a wall assembly insulated only with heat lock soya HFO to a wall assembly insulated with either mineral wool on the outside of the wall. Or hFO extruded polystyrene board, board stock on the outside of the wall, and then fiberglass insulation uh, 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 in the stud cavity and then we added a full surface membrane uh, you know on the outside of the wall, which is required uh, with the board stock or the mineral wool insulation, and we added a vapor barrier membrane uh, uh, on the inside uh, of the wall assembly so The results show that by simply replacing all insulation and membranes and the assemblies insulated with mineral wool or uh, board stock insulation by the single product HeatLock soya HFO at an equivalent R value, the assembly's GWP is cut by 45 percent. That's nearly cutting the GWP of the assembly in half, and you don't have to take my word for it. Again, all the EPD life cycle analysis and environmental impact is all publicly available and people can go and check it out for themselves. But uh, yeah, by replacing insulations and membranes by only heat locks for HFO, the, the the GWP, the global warming potential is cut by uh, by forty five percent for the whole wall assembly.
0: Okay, well that's that's a great story for sure on the uh, on the embodied carbon side. What about on the energy efficiency side, Michael? Uh, uh, how, how do you, do you have uh, do you have any 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 kind of reports or research on what the uh, on what the effect of HFO spray foam is on the uh, the energy efficiency performance?
1: Yes, uh, yes, we do. So uh, the SPFA stands for the Spray Polyurethane Foam uh, uh, Alliance. So it's the industry average uh, of the spray foam. So the SPFA uh, recently published a use face report, which is an energy modeling study, uh, which compares the embodied impact and uh, you know the carbon impact of spray foam to fiberglass installation. The results of the energy modeling study show that although spray foam products have a higher embodied carbon uh, than fiberglass insulation, as we know fiberglass is, uh, you know, the, the, the most uh, economical uh, type of insulation. It's also uh, the one that has, uh, uh, you know, a, a among the, the, the smaller embodied carbons uh, among uh, uh, insulation products out there. So although spray foam has a higher embodied carbon than fiberglass, Uh, Spray foam is air air impermeable, it's fully adhered to the sheathing, it's fully adhered to the framing members within the wall cavity, Uh, it will not sag over time or suffer any convective loss as the material gets thicker, like fiberglass insulation does. So uh, these additional energy saving benefits result in reductions in the operational carbon of emissions uh, 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 in the buildings. So um, this is what the study evaluated, so the results of the study are that the energy savings made with spray foam within only a few years will offset or cancel the initial difference in environmental environmental impact between spray foam and fiberglass. And then throughout the remainder of its lifetime, spray foam will prevent the release of carbon uh, in the atmosphere that would be released in the building if it was, that would be released by a building that is insulated with fiberglass. So now if we look uh, at the energy modeling precisely, if we look at the numbers, Uh, The energy modeling compared three houses inflated uh, uh, to the minimum cold requirements with spray foam and then with fiberglass in three different climate zones in the U.S., including a cold climate case study uh, that we will look at uh, um, uh, in this podcast. So if we look at the cold climate case study, um, which was done in Minnesota, spray foam has a higher global warming potential than fiberglass from the manufacturer of the product itself. However, it brings about a reduction of 1,500 kilograms of CO2 emissions per year in the building, and this is only uh, the result of the, uh, the, the diminished operational carbon uh, due to the increased energy efficiency and thermal insulation of the envelope. So um, so SPF saves, uh, SPF saves 1,500 kilograms of CO2, uh, more than fiberglass per year, so at this rate, uh, spray foam offsets or cancels its, its initial higher embodied carbon with it within only eight years. So at eight years, at the eight-year mark, spray foam has recouped its higher embodied carbon and now has a, uh, is at the same footing as equal to fiberglass. So what happens after eight years? After eight years, during the remainder of the lifetime of the spray foam, the products will prevent the release of carbon Uh, that would be released in the atmosphere if the building was insulated with fiberglass insulation. This carbon removal throughout the whole life cycle, uh, throughout the remainder of the life of spray foam, represents about 104,000 kilograms of CO2 removed from the atmosphere. And again, this 104 kilograms of CO2 would be emitted if the building was insulated with fiberglass. So this is the baseline, is the fiberglass insulation. so yeah, that's a pretty uh, big deal uh, regarding uh, the impact of energy savings. And uh, HBS is currently working on doing our own energy modeling analysis since we have a lower global warming potential compared to uh, the spray foam industry average as demonstrated uh, through our EPD. So due to its very low, even though we're still working on the report, we already have uh, the preliminary results. So due to its very low global warming potential, it only takes four years for heat-locked Soya HFO to offset or cancel uh, its initial higher uh, uh, in- embodied carbon compared to fiberglass. So after four years, what happens? Throughout the remainder of its lifetime, uh, heat-locked Soya HFO will prevent the release of 110,000 kilograms of carbon dioxide from the atmosphere uh, compared to a building insulated um, with fiberglass. So. Um, you know, just, just to uh, uh, end my answer here, we talked about the reduced environmental impact due to the energy savings, but of course, energy savings, they translate directly to reduced annual energy costs for homeowners or, or, or building operators. Um, the, the study in the cold climate in Minnesota showed that the total annual energy savings from spray foam compared to fiberglass are 5,600 kilowatt hours per year. Uh, and these energy savings are always positive in all climate zones, in all cases. And uh, as I said, they directly translate uh, to reduced annual energy costs uh, for homeowners.
0: Wow. Well, it, uh, Heat lock sounds like a, a definitely a, a, a top-performing uh, uh, energy and environmental sustainability product for sure, uh, Michael. Um, and, and, you know, uh, uh, my builders, the, 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 the contractors who, who listen to this podcast – uh, uh, always feel very good about uh, uh, wanting to save the environment and wanting to save their uh, clients money. But what they really want to do is get projects. And uh, And why don't you tell us a little bit about, uh, it, I know you're involved with LEED. Um, tell us a little bit about some of the uh, pro- green project requirement standards out there that uh, use of uh, Heatlock heat HFO might help them. Uh,
1: yeah. Um, Yeah, okay, so um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, LEED and other grain building systems, they only recognize a Type 3 EPD um, as a uh, uh, product environmental impact disclosure tool. Uh, So this is the first thing. If if somebody wants to use uh, spray foam, Uh, a spray foam product, and uh, they are working on a lead project, well, to maximize the amount of lead points that you can get, uh, you have to first use an HFO product and then use an HFO product that has uh, a a product-specific EPD. Uh, Because product-specific EPDs, they're going to give you more points than uh, using a product that only has an industry-wide EPD. And of course, more points than a product that has an EPD, but that is not critically reviewed by a third party like UL or ASTM, for example. So, using a third party uh, verified EPD gives you the most lead points. Then um, something that's very, very important uh, that I want to mention here is that uh, not not only Heatlock, Sodium, HFO, but all spray foam products, they keep building components in better condition for longer. Uh, you know, spray foam is inherently seamless. It's a continuous insulation that adheres 100% to, uh, to, to the substrate. Uh, uh, so so it, it eliminates this air pocket that is uh, prone to condensation. Uh, it seals all cracks, all gaps, all joints. It's a high thermal insulation value, air barrier, and vapor barrier all in one product. So because of this, it's because of this higher sealing and insulation properties. It keeps building components. Uh, in better condition for longer, which gives buildings longer lifespans, which promotes the reuse of materials and of buildings. So what does that mean is that if buildings are kept in better condition for longer, we can reuse buildings uh, instead of relying on new construction. And as we said, new construction is uh, is, is responsible for almost 40% of the global annual glo- uh, 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 GHG emissions. So, the goal is to reduce the reliance on new uh, construction by promoting the reuse of buildings. And this is uh, possible through higher uh, uh, thermal insulation and higher energy efficiency. And also, if we can reuse uh, building materials and buildings themselves, well, we can reduce the need and the reliance on uh, virgin materials. Uh, as we know, resource depletion uh, uh, is, is another huge problem that we uh, need to really consider uh, 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 in our industry, so um, so yeah. Also, uh, spray foam reduces the waste uh, during construction. Uh, the whole product is sprayed uh, on the building. You know, it arrives on site. We just spray the product, uh, and, and, and there's no trimmings. There's no uh, plastic, uh, um, uh, uh, yeah, no plastic trimmings. Uh, th- there's no uh, packaging. There's no glue. There's no uh, uh, nothing like that. Every, you know, there's less waste, and the whole product is found on the building itself. Um, which really uh, also helps people, uh, you know, lead, lead uh, takes into consideration the waste disposal and the waste diversion. So, this really, really helps uh, uh, lead projects in this sense. Um, the product also contains recycled and renewable contents, uh, and it also exceeds indoor air quality standards. Uh, Heatlock So HFO is Green Guard Gold certified, which is uh, 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 the, the most stringent uh, certification. Uh, uh, given to products that meet uh, indoor VOC um, uh, standards for air quality and it follows the California Department of Public Health uh, VOC testing uh, standards. Um, so uh, yeah, and uh, finally, just to just to finish up, um, LEED gives points to buildings that perform a whole building energy uh, modeling and also a whole building life cycle assessment to demonstrate uh, uh, the energy efficiency and the environmental impact of not only the products but the building itself. So, um, if we if we do such analyses on buildings uh, insulated with uh, spray foam compared to baseline buildings that are not insulated with spray foam, uh, uh, we, we we can demonstrate uh, an improved performance and therefore achieve uh, uh, lead points uh, for the buildings um, uh, uh, in this. So,
0: yeah. And Michael, the point I like there is that uh, when buildings hang around longer, they need to be uh, they need to be renovated and repaired and fixed up, and that's uh, that's work for uh, for everybody listening. So that's good news, uh, Michael uh, Maloof of Hudson Building Solutions. Thank you so much for uh, filling us all in on everything we need to know about uh, HeatLock HFO and uh, and it the EPDs and uh, all things related to. Uh, Uh, greenhouse gas emissions, and uh, I guess fighting climate change through building science. Thanks very much. Patrick, thank you for having me. It was was my pleasure. Have a good day.
1: Thanks for listening to The Hammer. You can find episodes online at canadiancontractor.com or subscribe on your favorite podcasting service. The Hammer is presented by Canadian Contractor Magazine.